Welcome to Basketball with Glasses, a show by and for college basketball nerds who are recovering after the madness which has begun. I'm your host, Bryson Harvey, and with me, as always, Luke Smith. Luke, you doing okay? How's it going, man? I'm, you know, I've, I've gone through all the stage, stages of grief probably twice since UK <laughs> lost. But there's one thing that uh, is 100% true. It's just even when your favorite team loses to the Peacocks um, in the first round on the first day, March Madness is still a glorious thing. And uh, it's still very enjoyable even without my team in it. Yeah. So. Well, it's just it's just nice to have them back, you know? It's nice to have... Mm-hmm. College basketball, doing its thing, living its best life. That's really what we need. And uh, it no, really it's is. Been... Crowds. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. It is. It truly, truly is. And so for that, we are grateful. Um, but you're probably not as grateful for the outcome for UK. And let's just start there. Um, by right. far the biggest upset. There were a lot of upsets, but by far the largest. On the opening night, Kentucky. So what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, as a UK fan, break it down for us. What, in your opinion, happened to your beloved Wildcats? Um, well, I mean, as someone who watched every game this season, the team from March and late February, basically after that Florida player landed on Tata's leg, they weren't the same team. I mean, if, if you watched the games, they weren't the same team. Their defense was pretty terrible. Um, in in the last little stretch of the season, and statistics back that up, right? But also, um, I think they dropped from like twenty something and talked Torvik to like one hundred and twenty something. If you check just that stretch of time, so I mean that was part of it. Another part is um, they seemed very very afraid to lose in this game, like. Well, everybody very, Oscar. Very. Oscar was unbelievable. The, everybody <laughs> else just seemed like they were like, if we lose, let's just try to blame somebody else kind of thing. Um, like they didn't want to be there. They didn't want the ball. And Cal, most of all, seemed very stressed out. And even after the game, he said he was. He almost admitted the fact that he was lying to himself. And he was worried. And he was trying to uh, make his team lose. And that's all you heard the week leading up. Oh, it's... Tennessee game, it gave us, it gave us that that loss gave us some time off. Now we can be loose. Let's we just need to be loose, 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 loose. Well, they weren't loose. They weren't At loose. All. Maybe Cal should have used some reverse psychology. Maybe he should have like used some um, aversion therapy. Maybe he should have used that therapy where you have to uh, you know face your fears in a ridiculous way. Like maybe he should have like put them in a pool full of peacocks um, <laughs> or something, you know, to get them over that fear. But, uh, you know, they weren't. They didn't get over the fear. They never got over the fear. It's testament to UK, the, how good they were this season, that they didn't just lose in regulation, honestly. Yeah, um, probably. And St. Peter's, obviously, is, I mean, all credit to them. They didn't just win that game and then flame out. They won their second-round game, too. Kind of the same deal. Murray, Murray looked like, okay, we're favored now, so now we're nervous. Yeah. And St. Peter's is just like, oh, we're just going to beat you guys. We're going to take our white dude with his little uh, thin mustache and we're just going to, you know, do what we do. And um, well, seeing, I mean, looking at yeah. the numbers, because because this is the one thing that I looked at. I was like, did this really come out of nowhere 
or was this you know i'm looking at the other seeds longwood probably should have been the fourth 15th seed st peter's was as good or better in the regular season than colgate which was a 14 seed um so if you're looking at it from that perspective you know maybe there's something to be said about that um should also be noted that um you know there there were a lot of um numbers that kind of if you look close enough mm-hmm. you could see where it would go their way and, and and here is sort of how that broke down as i was kind of watching it you, you've got the saint peter's team 28th i think when they entered the tournament they were 34th in in ken palm mm-hmm. d- defensively uh that that could yeah, which be was a, a pretty big drop i mean they were like 20 i think uh, around the time when Grady and um, not Grady, when when Wheeler and Ty Ty went out, the defense started rap- started reclining until it got pretty rapid. It got to a pit, pretty rapid decline. Yes, and and you know they gave up about one point zero five points per possession per per you know when you factored out to one hundred possessions. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that was helpful. And then the other part of their story to me um, is just the ability to hit threes, um, mm-hmm. which always happens to UK. But like def- offensively, St. Peter- Peter's is just terrible. If you look at the metrics, mm-hmm. except Definitely. for three point shooting. Yep. <laughs> it's like the one, you know, sub 100 ranking that they had. And it was just, you know, if they were able to get hot, they had a shot. Please yeah. pardon this. So, I mean, those threes, when they're falling like they were for St. Peter's, it just gives them, gives them a shot. Their defense gave them a shot, and they were able to pull it off. I don't see them able yeah. to replicate this, but that clearly was the recipe for the upset. It's what always is the recipe for a giant killer upset. Yep. Now, with that in perspective, let's look, let's look forward, and then we'll really do the – dissection of uk's carcass um okay do do they have a chance against purdue st peter's yeah um well watching them defend zach Eady will kind of be like watching king kong with all the villagers around them. <laughs> which actually watching watching them play texas was kind of like that uh man if they didn't have zach Eady, i don't know what that team would do I, I mean, I would. I, part of me wants to say St. Peter's is going to lose by forty, um, but I mean, Purdue's not known for their defense, and they also have a little bit of a tendency to just kind of like check out mentally. Um, so I think it might be closer than it should be. Um, I would. I'm not going to make any picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you and I have done enough wrong picking for a while. I mean, I, I this, our, when we make specific uh, picks, it seems like we just curse people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty repeatedly. badly. I mean, Se- Seton Hall still has a good they, they just lost their coach because of you, man. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, I'll just try to stay as factual as could be. I, I think St. Peter's has given us uh, – evidence to say don't take them too lightly they have an excellent coach um they have a week to prepare purdue has a week to prepare john calipari is famous for like just not 
watching tape of the opponent and just saying we're going to do our own thing. If Purdue doesn't make that mistake, I mean, I, I would think that talent should win out. But St. Peter's, I don't know, maybe it's just a good thing. I think that Purdue's biggest thing is just having that bad of a defense going deep into the tourney is, is something really rare. And they definitely have the path to do it now. But you never know when something like that can come back and bite you. Right. And I think, if anything, they are a slightly better offensive and much worse defensive team than, than UK. Um, and so what does that add well, up to? And, and you can also see, like, Oscar was unbelievable on the inside. And Unreal. they still lost. They still lost. So, I mean, they, they couldn't stop Oscar. And they still beat UK. So, I mean, they could just let Edie go to town and they could let Williams go to town, and they still might win. It just depends on if their shots are falling um, and if Purdue's aren't, really. That's what it will come down to. That's a very basic <laughs> analysis, but that's really all it comes down to in the end. Yeah, well, and, and the other part of it, too, Purdue's shooters aren't super athletic, and they struggle to get open on their own. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to run a lot of sets for them, um, which can take your offense out of the flow. Um, it slows you down, and... You know, the Saint um, Saint Peter's has the athletes, I think, to play and switch. I mean, you're going to have to play inside. I, I, I mean, you mm-hmm. go through Williams and you go through Edie. You've got a shot to, you know, keep them at bay. But that's kind of where you have to live. Um, so I don't know. And it also depends on the ref show and and yeah, what kind of ref show been, we see. Yeah, we can talk about that if we want. Um, what if we kind of like make a clockwise motion around the bracket and kind of just hit things as they are interested to us? Sure. Sure. Well, let's, let's wrap up this conversation by, by going back to UK. So, so, so you, Calipari has been on the hot seat for the last uh, 72 hours or more. Definitely. Uh, um, 96 hours, maybe at this point. Um, What's the what's the future of UK? What, what are we looking at? Um, you're looking at a guy with a lifetime contract, which really isn't a lifetime. It's more like the contract is more like after 2025 or something, somewhere around there, he can take an, uh, an ambassador role, with the, basically retire and still get paid um, by the university a whole bunch of money. So they're not. He's there's no way he would be fired, and even if he could be fired. There's no way UK would do that and then also expect to get a high-level coach because there's no way you can explain, except from UK fan perspective, there's no way you can explain getting rid of a Hall of Famer coach basically because he doesn't go to the Final Four every year. Um, More objectively, you can look at Cal's time at UK and see that things have definitely been trending downward. And maybe that's because loss loss of certain assistants. Maybe it's because Duke take kind of stepping on his turf with big time players. Um, maybe it's just basketball changing and him being too stubborn to change with it. And maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But this looked like the year um, where things were going to get back on track, and then the, basically the worst case scenario happened for Cal. Because um, not only like last year. If that team had somehow made the tournament and lost in the first round, nobody would have cared because nobody liked that team. Uh, this team was a beloved team. People were ready to remember this team forever. 
and they choked in the first round. So um, Cal, he, he basically has two choices, I think. He can either um, make the changes it needs to cha- change and kind of like put the act, put the, like the cutesy, like, cliche act on hold until he actually starts winning some in March again. And nobody will care what he does in the regular season next year. No UK fan cares how the regular season goes next year until we start winning in March. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, but, and the, the other one is just to keep doing things the same way and just be, get used to the fact that he's going to have a fan base that is very unhappy with him. Um, and just cash those checks, I guess, you know? So, uh, Right. I don't. I, I could. I don't really know which which one he'll choose. He's a very prideful guy. I do know that. So. Yeah, I I know it's going to be hard for him to adapt uh, and change, uh, mostly because there's a lot of Huggins and Cal. <laughs> they are mm-hmm. very similar. Um, yeah, they are. Which would stand a reason why, um, you know. Well, Oscar, I mean, Oscar played for both. And I will yeah. tell you, Oscar, as great as he is, and we talked about this. We talked about this a lot at the beginning of the year, and then they got good, and so it didn't matter. But then mm-hmm. it ended up mattering, which was he is a lane clogger because he mm-hmm. can't play beyond 10 feet, 12 feet. You know, Cal can say everything he yep. wanted to. Um, and ultimately I think that's a big reason why Oscar left West Virginia was Huggins wasn't going to tell him that Huggins wasn't going to say that he said, no, you need to figure out how to finish around the basket and then we can start working on outside stuff. Um, but he clogged the lane. Um, and when your best players are six, nine, six, 10, six, 11, you know, around him and they have to see the floor. Uh, because you don't really have the wing guard depth that you'd like to have, then you know, then then you're gonna have a clogged floor that your two next best athletes and Ty Ty and Wheeler, they're just not gonna be able to find the lanes that they needed to, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what doomed them from a strategic standpoint. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And you know the the thing that I think frustrates a lot of. Kentucky fans, I, I can stop talking. About, I have to say, the thing that frustrates me is the fact that um, he seemed, there's very little in-game adjustment to things like that. Because, I mean, you have the best rebounder since, like, like 1972 <laughs> on the floor. And yes. Kentucky's guards rebound well. Kentucky had very, they like, they, they fought for rebounds, too. And you have four guards on your team. And you have four, you basically have three th- threat threats from three on your team and, and then severe wheeler. And so, you know, not to try to, you know, spread the floor at all um, yeah. was frustrating. Because, I mean, Oscar's going to get the rebounds. Like, you're never going to have a guy that is that sure of a rebound again, you know? Yes. Um, he he and, was number one in defensive rebound percentage and number two in offensive rebound percentage in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go, you go into timeouts, like against Tennessee, they interviewed Cal in timeout, and it's like, oh, well uh, – I told Wheeler, take that jumper, take that, take that little mid-range jumper. We trust you, and it's just like everybody's just, it's just like a face palm, you know. It's like, come on, we we don't want. Why do we want Wheeler taking a jumper? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that's the frustration. Kentucky really did have a actually very uh, efficient offense this year, mostly because of Oscar, I would say. 
um, yeah. and their yeah. fast pace. And, and the fact that they did have two to three very productive three-point shooters. But, um, I mean, Grady, he was psyched out, you could tell. He was psyched out for the end of the year. And uh, I don't know. It's just Cal's going to have to make some changes or he's going to, you know, the pitchfork mob is going to come for him for long. Yeah. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've done it for less, you know. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think he'll survive this offseason, but it's going to be interesting to see if he changes how he recruits, who he recruits, um, and to see what parts of this team come back. Um, yeah, I wouldn't that'll imagine. be a big thing. Yeah. I mean, if Oscar comes back, then all might be forgiven because it gives him a mulligan to do it over. Because I'll sharp. tell you, I've never seen a, a fan base love a player more than it's Big Blue Nation loves Oscar Shibway. It's deep. Now, and see, I, that's going to decide a lot. If, if Oscar comes back, if Shaden Sharp decides to actually play, then Cal's got a team coming in next year, you know. But if those guys lose, I'm just going to say this so it's on record, even though, you know, like, like you know, nobody really cares what I have to say, and I'm definitely going to be wrong. <laughs> but right. if things start to bottom out for Cal, he does kind of have a parachute in the New York Knicks. Okay. And, uh, you know, Thibodeau's – he's not – one to stay long after he's been doing terrible. Yeah, t- and, uh, Tibbs. You know, they he got the uh, kiss of death with the um, what? What is it? The the owner's sign of approval that no, we're we're not looking to make a change this year. He's yeah. That means you know, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have to make that statement, that means you are looking. Yeah, definitely. And you just and can't so, find who you want. There is always the threat of the NBA when you have a coach like Cal. Um, who has a who has a pass there? Um, maybe not so much the modern NBA, but uh, he he has a lot of friends in that organization. If he gets fed up, you know, and they still think highly of him, I could always see that being something that is a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see it being a possibility. Now, I can't even tell you if that would be a good thing for UK. It, it could it could wind up being a very bad thing for UK. You know? Yes. Um, so Agreed. I think that everybody, everybody who wants him to leave, they need to like stop and think about, you know, how we would even recover from that. And you start going down the list of candidates, it's a pretty short list unless you're willing to take a risk. So, um, right. Be careful what you wish for is what I would say. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. Um, well, before we leave the East Region to go to the West Region. Um, We've got North Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, and St. Peter's left in the bracket. Who's going to win the East? Um, one of those four teams. <laughs> pr- pr- prediction to guaranteed to go wrong. Okay, so Purdue is going to win this region despite me. Okay. Which I, I, will, I will say that uh, I did point out to Purdue, and it seems like they listened, that they needed to go ahead and get a three seed. And they and did they that, did. and and life has been a little bit better for them because of it. So, yeah. um, you I know, think I, I figured if they could survive Texas, um, no matter who came out of you know the bottom yeah. half, they they that would show me that they were capable uh, of doing what they needed to do, um, because that Texas team plays just plays hard. They didn't have the yeah. manpower and the and the talent to kind of match up because Purdue is uber talented. Um, it was just a matter of, is their talent going to be in, you know, their style of play, is that going to be enough? Uh, yeah. so 
But if well, I'm pick, I'm making a pick, I'm my pick is UCLA. I'm picking okay. UCLA to go to the final four. Now you know we've seen each other's brackets. I think our two heads together is better than each of our individual heads. But as terrible as my bracket has been, I do have still have six of my elite eight left. And UCLA was my pick for the Elite Eight from the beginning. North Carolina looked really good. North Carolina looked really good until uh, the refs decided that they wanted the game to be about them. Um, but uh, I guess that's kind of mean to say. But they did, know, the game did, Kip, the game Kip, did become about them. Yes, so. Kip, Kip Kissinger, man, he just he loves it. He can't stay out of the spotlight. Big 12 ref show. Um, but... You know, either way, it, it is what it is. It, you know, North Carolina survived the Brady Manic ejection, um, which it's just it's it's fun to have him around because he's fun to root against. But um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Let, let's take one little win for ourselves in our predictions since there's so many losses. You said one of your bold predictions is that Baylor would lose in the first weekend, and I've been saying for a while that the curse of the returning champion is real, and. That and there right. they went. We were right. We were right. And if we just, if I had just picked that in my bracket, like, you know, I had predicted. <laughs> I, yeah. I gave, uh, I gave Baylor the respect of picking him to the Sweet 16 just because I thought that was a pretty good uh, cultural, cultural succession kind of thing. You know, like they're, they're going to make it that far. But they got, yeah. you're hedging your bet. 25. Yeah. Hedging your exactly. bet. Exactly. So that's fair. All right, up to the west, um, we got Gonzaga, Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Duke left. Um, the games that stood out to me in this region over the weekend, Arkansas was impressive. I mean, I really thought Vermont had a shot, um, but Arkansas looked good. Um, New Mexico State. Let me just pour one out here for my boy Teddy Allen, T- Teddy Buckets, mm-hmm. uh, who just got buckets against UConn like it was his job, and. It was, it was a little depressing as a West Virginia fan <laughs> because Oscar went for 30. Uh, Teddy Allen uh, went, went for uh, 30. I don't even know what the, his final line was in that game. It was 37. 37. So West yeah. Virginia's two transfers in the, on that Thursday night combined yeah, for rough. 67 points. Um, that's rough. So, you know, I mean, Kentucky's got problems, but th- let's just say uh, Morgantown is definitely trying to wrestle with its soul on on how they truly feel about Bob Huggins. Sure. Um, but, you know, that's kind of how that went. Um, and then I was really intrigued by the Memphis-Gonzaga game. I'm not sure if you caught it, but I wanted yeah. to uh, get your thoughts. Um, we, I mean, that's another win for us. We were both like, you know, Memphis... They could do it. We didn't pick them to, but we were like, you could see. And we both, uh, if I remember correctly, we both were kind of pointing out that Duran Holmgren matchup, being like, one of those guys is like Dwight Howard, and the other guy, one of those guys, is kind of the opposite of Dwight Howard. Sean Bradley? um, Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, and from what I caught in that game, I mean, Chet played okay, but he wasn't off the court a lot. I mean, Drew Timmy won that game for them. Yes. Drew Timmy it, decided that he wasn't going home. And, it is uh, the Timmy show. It is Timmy time. Yeah. And and Timmy was maybe the most impressive I've seen him, in, you know, in his run. I, I know that yeah. he was a big cog last year, 
but you can tell this is his last run. This is his thing. And this is kind of what we always wanted Adam Morrison to be. Um, and, and he's kind of become that level of go-to guy, uh, just couldn't stop him. I mean, Memphis, they tried really, really hard. They had better athletes. I mean, Timmy should have gotten played off the floor with the athletic ability that Memphis brought to the table, but they just couldn't do it. And, and Gonzaga looked, um, scary, but scary from both perspectives. Like, oh, so when you turn it on, you can look that good. But also, Memphis pushed you that hard when their skill players um, on on the perimeter just didn't really have a lot. Um, they really relied on their defensive abilities, and they still got almost got you. So I think it, if for if you're looking at this glass half full for Gonzaga, it, Memphis is a great prep for Arkansas because I think that they are similar. Definitely, um, I think Memphis might have been better at this point in the year because. I mean, Arkansas looked like hot garbage against New Mexico State. Like, they did. And part of it was the repping. I've never seen a person foul out with five charges <laughs> ever. Like, oh, that, he fouled out, hilarious. and every single one of them was a charge. So, yep. um, and they won. I, I really didn't think they were winning that game. I thought it was going to finish in the 30s, and I thought that Arkansas was going to lose, like 37 to 39. But they pulled it out, and I mean, they could. Gonzaga's problem is that they aren't playing complete games. Like Georgia State was in that game until what, like eight minutes left, and then Gonzaga just went full throttle and crushed them. But you can't do that. You can't, you, you know, um, you can't do that in a one and done tournament and live, yeah. you know, to the final. So, uh, and they, they they got outplayed pretty bad in the first half against Memphis too. And they're going to run up against a team later on in this tournament where that's not going to work. And they're either going to change or they're going to lose. So, um, you know, Gonzaga is probably pretty clearly the best team when they're playing at their best this year. But I don't know. That's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. No, it absolutely, absolutely is. And it's something that is worth monitoring. Um you oh, know, another what, thing, moving, go ahead. go ahead. I was going to move on to another game, but I don't want to do that if you had something else to say. I was too. I was too. So you go to your game. I was going to say, I said in our Selection Sunday show, I didn't like Texas Tech. I still don't like Texas Tech. And the Notre Dame game is the reason. <laughs> like, like they barely, I know this. they won by six, but that was barely, they barely won that game. And the reason is because their offense I mean, I know they dropped 90 on almost 100 points on Montana State, but, like, Notre Dame is not a very good team, honestly. And they were right with – they were well-coached. They were right with Texas Tech. Texas Tech couldn't score. They missed about about 357 layups at the end of that (laughs) game, roughly 357. And I really thought Notre Dame was going to win that one. That one came down to the last two minutes, so Mm -hmm. maybe less than that. And if they can't score against Duke, they're going to get run. Um, I know they have an excellent defense, which might keep that from happening. But that's um, the thing: is if you've got a defense, it'll keep you in any game. Um, if you struggle, you know it's going to be a challenge to keep up. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they looked okay defensively. I mean. 
Mm-hmm. They, like you said, they can't score, and so if they struggle to score, it. I mean, it's going to be a problem. Um, but I actually think I was uh, more disappointed in the way that Duke played against Michigan State, letting them hang mm-hmm. around, letting them hang around. And I was listening to Simmons and Rosillo talk about it, and there's just Duke has a bunch of guys who could be the number one guy on their own team. And so when they are trying to share the ball, what I feel happens in watching them is it just leads to this really disjointed offense that at times looks unstoppable because they have so many weapons. Mm-hmm. But they also have so many weapons, it's it's like too many mouths to feed. Yeah. And it creates definitely. it creates some of this, no, it's your turn. Well, yeah, I thought it was your turn. Um, kind of looks at each mm-hmm. other. Uh and they don't have the go-to guy, in my opinion, um, established. Not that they don't have that person on their roster. I think they've got three of them on their roster. But finding the one that will stand up and be the go-to guy, I think is going to be what it comes down to. And so if you've got an offense that kind of is like, "Eh, I don't know, I don't know, and you've got a suffocating defense, um, it makes me worry about them. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, in our pick sure to go wrong, I still have Gonzaga coming out of this region um, because I, I trust I, I trust Timmy. I'll just be honest. Mm-hmm. I trust Timmy more than I trust any other player in this in this region. But I do think it's going to sure. be Gonzaga Tech in the in the Elite Eight region okay. final. Now, I originally picked on my own personal terrible bracket. I picked Gonzaga Duke. Eight, and I guess I'll stick with that. If I curse Duke, so be it. <laughs> but uh, I had Gonzaga coming out of the... So basically what I did for my bracket is I kind of like followed the um, the benchmarks that I've talked about before. Duke did not meet all six. Duke meets five. Gonzaga meets all of them. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're guaranteed for the Final Four at all. It just means that they're one of the teams with the best chance. And obviously you could just tell that by watching them play basketball. But... Um, I don't know. I don't know if I see Duke going out in the. I just narratively, I can't imagine Coach K's uh, career ending pre Final Four. Even though I totally think they're going to lose to Gonzaga, so I don't know how to make that compute in my brain. But um, I can't trust. I I don't trust Texas Tech still. They they could very well win though, and they Texas Tech and Purdue are going to be in the Final Four playing each other, and they're going to be laughing at me. Is what's going to happen. Yeah, that seems likely. Yeah. Uh, but alas, oh, we shout. Go ahead. One last thing. I said I didn't like three seeds. I think I said two of them would be out. I wanted to say three would be out in the first round and it's in the first weekend, but I said two of them would be out, and they are, they were. Right, which um, is a great I'm just segue. For little victories. In, I'm just into for our little next, victories. yeah, into our next region, <coughs> which uh, the three seed Tennessee did lose to Michigan. Uh, the 11 seed um, Michigan living up to that preseason hype. And I think we, we had a small conversation about this. Um, and when we're looking here at the South region, they like the, the two things that I think kind of factor into this and they factor in separately. I have come to determine um, how hot are you playing? Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's look at your last 10, 15, uh, because I think it, if you look at that, you would have known UK's on the downslide. Um mm-hmm. Or you look at what kind of talent do you have, which is best determined by preseason rankings, which is why Ken Mm -hmm. Palm includes it in his predictive 
uh, ratings so heavily, especially early, is, you know, it th- that talent matters. And maybe it, it's asleep for a whole season, but then it could wake up. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it UK. has. Yes. You know, it, it definitely <coughs> has uh, awakened for Michigan. That is for certain. They have looked much, much better. Um, I believe when they started, when we started uh, the tournament, they were ranked 33rd in Ken Palm. And yep. at this point, they're up to 27. So they are okay. moving on up. Um, th- they just look like a different team um, in, in many respects. Uh, but most, mostly in that Tennessee win, I was really impressed with the efficiency and effectiveness of their defense, especially um, against Tennessee and their and their three point shots. Yeah, I mean their defense has been the biggest change. They had an okay offense. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing my brains out of here. They had a good <laughs> offense already. Yes, but, uh, they did. D- defensively, no. that was their issue. They were ranked. You know, if we're looking at this, they were they were ranked. 89th in Ken Palm defensively. Um, and that's, that's an area of, of weakness and had been an area of weakness for them all season long, but yeah. somehow and, they have flipped the script on that. And you were, you know, you were saying about the preseason rankings. I think when we did our tiers at the beginning of the year preseason, I think I had Michigan in my top tier. Um, they were, you know, highly regarded preseason until they started almost immediately losing games. And right. Uh, this seems like the the uh, the South region seems to me like I would be zero percent um, surprised if any one of these four teams made it out. I feel like this is a very even bracket, very evenly matched bracket, and uh, I mean Arizona barely survived. They survived because their player, you know, like hip checked that guy to the ground and took the ball like a mug. <laughs> yes, <laughs> forced overtime. Which I mean, that guy probably wasn't going to get a shot off anyway. And they wound up winning in overtime. But um, another example of the horrible officiating of this tournament so far. Yeah, like Houston's really good. Speaking Houston, of horrible officiating, yes. Um, <coughs> you know the dunk. I mean, I guess I guess if you're dunking the ball with momentum, you're just supposed to break your neck, or else yeah. you're taunting. Or else you're taunting. That was an awful call. But um, I don't think that would have. Maybe it would have. I mean, it was. Def- it was. I think it would have made it a two-point game, but Houston looked really good. And um, to me, that's going to be my pick coming out of this region, um, because they have yeah. really impressed me. They are now up to number two in Ken Palm, uh, which I think just goes to show that they are strong enough. Arizona looked Great pretty weak team. against TCU, so, and I don't. I think Houston. While they aren't as deep because of injuries, I do think they have the the horses to go against Nova, and that that's that's my pick. So, how yeah. about you in this region? <coughs> well, so Arizona we looks a little. Kirk Reese looks a little, you know, iffy. I'll stick with Villanova. They're still there. That's who I picked originally. They're probably gonna lose now. Sorry. Yep. But um, yep. I'll I'll stick with them. I think they're good. So. Yeah, my initial pick was Villanova too. So. Um, you know, that's I guess that's what's in my bracket. So that's what I'm rooting for. But after watching yeah. this past weekend of games, I would I would change to Houston. All right. Finally, Midwest, we've got Kansas Providence somehow by the miracle 
and then Iowa State and Miami. So we got two double-digit seeds. We're guaranteed a double-digit seed making it to the Elite Eight. So um, Let me say something here. Like, I would rather lose um, at, to a 15 seed in the first round to beat Kansas in this region and lose to any of these teams. <laughs> like, I, I'm more forgiving of losing UK losing to St. Peter's than I would be if I was a Kansas fan to losing to any single one of these teams. Like, if you were to rank the teams uh, these in the 68 team field, these three teams besides Kansas in this region pre pre tournament would have been very 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 low, probably the lowest of each of their seeds. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, so. yeah, you're you're probably right on um, because I'm thinking Providence. Providence definitely. Iowa State was terrible before the tournament started. And yes. Miami, I mean, they weren't not, the lowest were 11th seed, but they were the second lowest. Uh, Notre Dame was the only one that was lower, and then I bet they were, Miami were they, was the lowest 10 seed. I, I wonder if Iowa State was lower in Ken Palm. I know they were low. Iowa um, State was not lower in Ken Palm. They were. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look here. Iowa State <coughs> was 48th in Ken Palm, and Notre Dame was 52. So, okay, they were they close. were in the they were pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. And the other eleven seeds were Michigan, which was thirty third, and Virginia Tech, which was twenty third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, broke really well for Kansas. Unless yeah. Providence just wins the entire tournament and laughs at everybody who thought who said they were overrated. Yeah. So, at this point, you could convince me of anything. I wouldn't. Even I wouldn't even, but I, I pick Kansas in this region. I would pick Kansas as well. Uh, they are in one of my brackets, the pick for national champion. Mm-hmm. I like to look back though and see, you know, where, where it stands. Um, and that would be when <coughs> Kansas, Kansas only beat Iowa state by one at home. And they beat Iowa State on the road by nine. So it's definitely a single-digit game. I, I think that's going to be the matchup in the Elite Eight. It's going to be a Big 12 uh, throwdown. Um, and so I think as – you know, they always say it's hard to beat a good team three times, but yeah. it's also hard to beat a good team once. <laughs> so mm-hmm. – uh, I just don't think Iowa State's got the horses to beat Kansas, and they've clearly figured out a way to beat them. So that would be where I'd go with it. If it were my pick, I, I would mm-hmm. say Kansas as well. Um, well, I think we did it. We made it through all of, all of the regions, um, even with that detour through Kentucky. Um, the other, I, I guess the other detour. things that kind of s- stands out to me, South Dakota State was just – they as good as they might have been offensively, they couldn't stop a cold. They um, really could not. Uh, let's see who else was Iowa. We called Iowa. We did call Iowa. Everybody who I... picked against Iowa, you can thank us later with subscriptions and uh, likes. I guess. Is that what yeah, subscription likes, <laughs> reviews, rate review, all those things. Um, you know, Richmond was definitely good, uh, and. I was a little disappointed in Colgate, but to be expected, LSU without a coach, just the, they, they almost were, won. Yeah. 
Um, and let's just talk. Let's just pour one out for Jabari, um, and the Poor fact guy. that his guards hate him so so much. Is it possible that Jabari threw that game just to get away from those guys? It's He's possible. Like, let me, I mean, let me go make my millions of dollars. I cannot play with you guys one more game. And he just like missed all his shots on purpose. Yeah, uh, <coughs> he ended up what three for sixteen. Yeah, it was um, terrible. He had he didn't have the highest usage rate. That that honor would go to uh, Wendell Green. Of course, who, I mean, why not? When, Fourteen shots, five assists, and three turnovers. Katie Johnson. What's his three point pursuit, shooting percentage? Probably like is it? Does it break thirty? Probably. Uh, yes. Uh, on Sunday, uh, it was he was one of six, which I believe comes out to 17% roughly. Yeah. Great um, job. Great job, Wendell. Katie Johnson, four assists, one turnover. That is not the ratio you're looking for. <laughs> um, I, I watched that game. I watched the end of that game to see how Auburn reacted when they lost. Katie Johnson was pretty upbeat. I mean, I guess they had, I guess they had a long time to process the fact that their season was about to end since they were down so big to the late. But, uh, yeah, not a great, not a great turnout for Auburn. Not a great turnout for the SEC. Turns out they went no. that good. No, although somehow miraculously, the very bad big ACC uh, has three teams, right? Yeah, they've they got only lost once. Duke, North Carolina, and Miami. Um, so yeah. they they have representation. Um, the Big Twelve ties them there with Texas Tech, Kansas, and Iowa State. So. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what ultimately comes of this. Um, you know, I, I think some of these games are going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to them. I know you're looking forward to watching them. Absolutely. Uh, and we will be here next week to break all of the, the, the teams down and to take a look at our final four. Uh, but until then, Luke, thank you for the conversation. Thank you, Bryson. Listeners, thank you for listening. And remember, you can never study the game enough.